Hi, welcome to the Addiction Solution Podcast, where we discuss how millions of people solve their addictions and move on with their lives. I'm Michelle Dunbar, Mark Sheeran, Stephen Slate, and I wrote the Freedom Model for Addictions and the Freedom Model for the Family. We've been researching addiction and helping people to move past it for more than 30 years. In today's podcast episode, Mark and I will be discussing, well, isn't it time that we replace um, outdated uh, treatment system based in uh, religion um, with actual re- research-based yeah, science. Uh, science? I think it's time. We are happy to offer various ways you can learn the Freedom Model. You can get free digital copies of our books at thefreedommodel.org. Just enter coupon code FREEDOM100 at checkout. We also have a low-cost online video course called the Freedom Model Online Program. And there are two ways you can work one-on-one with a certified Freedom Model instructor. That's through Freedom Model private instruction via video conference and in residence at our beautiful, completely private St. Jude Retreat. You can get information about the Freedom Model system options at thefreedommodel.org. All right. So, yeah, you know, it's 2022. Can you believe it? Here yeah, we are. I, it's crazy. I remember the whole Y2K scare. <laughs> right. And that was 22 years ago. That's nuts. <laughs> it seems like just yesterday, doesn't it? It does. So so I saw online. By the way, we sound old when we say shit like that. Well, That's... wait till I say this. Okay. So I saw online that, did you know that we're as far from 1980 as 1980 was from 1939? That's crazy. <laughs> right. Jesus. So we're the old folks now. Yeah, we are. We are the generation rolling into death. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not. We're not that old. Descending into. We're not that old. We're just past a half a century. That's all. Um. So, so we've been around a while. We've been doing this a really long time. And thirty-two years. Thirty-two years. And when Mark and I went, you know, to our first AA meetings, we were we were children. We were young school-aged children yeah we were born into a fallen condition (laughs) (laughs) we were it was the 1970s and um so that was basically about 50 years ago almost 50 years ago we went to our first AA meeting Mm -hmm. and um we you know at that point in time there really was nothing else there there really wasn't I mean you had you had treatment centers at that point. I can remember my my brother going to a treatment center, a TC, a therapeutic community. Oh God, where, they were abusive. Then. Yeah, where they I walked in on a visitation day. I was probably hmm, how old was I? I was probably ten, and uh, you know there were people in signs, degrading signs. Oh, they were walking God. around. One guy was wearing a diaper. Uh, because he was in a sign that said, I'm a baby, I'm, self, I'm a self-pitying baby. Oh, and and they God. just abused the shit out of people. And it was uh, really kind of... Barbaric. F- yeah, freakish. It was it was like a re-education camp. And uh, then my sister was in another one where they, they weren't quite as bad at that point because a lot of those places were closed down because kids died. Yeah. Um, and were abused and yeah, yeah it was it, that was treatment back in the day it hasn't changed that much now they don't do that kind of physical example of at of, least not outwardly right abusing people but now it's just re-education into powerlessness which is why the suicide rates are so high in treatment yeah and, and it still really <laughs> is about breaking the ego down right to to make you subservient yeah, and so let's let's get into that. So, where did this idea come from that 
we you take somebody who has a drinking problem and or a drugging problem you go into a facility that's supposed to help you and somehow the theory was and is continues to be that you have to have ego deflation at depth you have to crush the person more so that they know uh, with every fiber of their being that they have no control and that they can't control it themselves and that they need treatment and external means to to control their drinking where did that idea come from and it came from a silly little doctor named uh silkworth dr silkworth uh, in nineteen uh, in the nineteen thirties, yep. that taught Bill Wilson, who was the co-founder of AA, that you had to crush the ego before uh, the person uh, could get well, and that you had to crush it, and then sh- and they called it ego deflation at depth, and that the person had to get down on their knees and surrender to the Lord, uh, a Christian God, that they uh, that they needed that salvation in order to stop drinking. And mm-hmm. it, it, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. It was one guy's theory. And Bill Wilson needed Dr. Silkworth's medical opinion in his book to give it credibility. So the one hand washed the other. And that was Bill adopted this idea of ego deflation and crushing people's spirit. Um, and Dr. Silkworth, since his theory was being adopted by Bill in his book, was willing to write the doctor's opinion, which you can read um, – at the beginning of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. So that's where the, the, the foundation of all treatment started was two wing nuts coming up with this <laughs> bullshit theory. And, and it was about controlling, controlling the vulnerable for money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's an interesting thing, though. If, you, if, if anyone learns anything about Bill Wilson, it's that his ego would never deflated. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to read too much, uh, too many books on him to know that 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 actually wasn't real. Yeah, that you make a great point. So, the people that wielded the control, the gurus, the Bill Wilsons, um, their egos are inflated so that uh, they do the controlling. They're the ones that tell you to surrender. So. In any control model, that's what we we coined that phrase, um, I don't know, 15 years ago, I coined that phrase by doing a paper called the control model versus the freedom model. That's when the freedom model first became Gosh, a name. that was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> before our 12th edition. Um, that, that whole control model is predicated on there being haves and have-nots, and the haves get to tell you how to live your life, and they become the sponsors and the gurus. Yep. And... And then the have-nots are the newcomer and the chronic relapser, right? Those that are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. I mean, there's all these degrading terms. And and every one of you out there at some point was the newbie, right? Yeah. I was. I was. And then I became a guru because I adopted this whole bullshit narrative. And But somehow in the midst of all of that, I realized that it was nonsense because I did my research and and none of it held any any water. So, um, yeah, so we got rid of it. We did. I mean, when you really think about it, this whole idea of convincing people that they're powerless is is genius in a, in a very destructive yeah, way. Diabolic way. It, yeah. it is. It is. And so now you have a $40 billion industry in the U.S. alone, right, that is that is – has 
lifetime repeat customers because if people, you know, part of being able to graduate from a program is fully accepting your powerlessness. It's buying into the narrative that that you don't know you know, don't know anything for yourself, that you have to be totally led by others. And ironically, you're being led by others within a program that is telling those people they can't trust their own thinking. Yeah. So, so who gets, who writes the rule on who gets to do the thinking? Right. Well, what it is, is the person that decides to be the ruler of that social scene. And in every social hierarchy, it doesn't matter if you're at church, in a school, in any institution in the world, a tribe in Africa, you're going to have somebody that's that's going to rule the day. It's interesting, when the Comanche Indians, when the colonists were moving westward, one of the things they that, that the reason the Comanche Indians held power for hundreds of years while we were trying to eliminate them at that time, the genocide that was happening, um, was every day... They would go into a tribe of Comanche that, and they'd have a, a skirmish, and they then they would have a treaty, and they would say, "Who is your leader?" Right, mm-hmm. and and the Comanches didn't have leaders, but each day they did. So whoever was the strong man that day was the leader. So the strong man that day would say, "I am," and so they would write a treaty, and the next day it would be the other guy, <laughs> 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 which kept which kept us at war with them for hundreds of years. And they were basically that and the Apache were the last tribes that we we couldn't understand that they didn't have a king, a ruler, because we lived in a control model in civilized society for centuries at that point, millennia really. And they were one of the last societies that didn't have uh, uh, you know a hierarchy because they were so primitive. They were primitive man. And uh, but in our society today, everywhere you look, it's about power. Yes. Power it's about control. control. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, isn't it interesting? I want you to think about something. Um, it it's it's twenty twenty two, okay? That's where we're to coming into twenty twenty two. And we're still treating people for a supposed illness, right? Based on nineteen thirty five religious Theory. Pro theory program, and that the treatment is is basically for this illness is basically ego deflation, self flagellation. So you you have shaming to, shaming yourself and um and in all kinds of religious type things like like confessing your sins and to someone else and surrendering yourself to a higher power which uh, let's just face it that's got that's god right yeah. i mean yeah. they just they just kind of softened it softened it a little because they Um, knew it wouldn't sell as god right so so anytime you check yourself into a treatment program just about any treatment program in the country um it is based on this now let, let me let me dovetail this so let's say that you go to a treatment center and they say you need suboxone for the rest of your life because you can't uh, handle the cravings that heroin provides. So you will need lifelong harm reduction. And that's the, now I'm not saying that's all harm reduction is. I, I think there's positive sides to harm reduction, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the negative sides that have developed. Pharmaceutical company basically took it over. That's right. They, they took the, the, they saw that somebody was making money on the corner, uh, 
uh, with heroin, they said, we want in on the action. Yep. So, so they make lifelong customers out of you. That is the same fear-mongering that AA was doing in 1935. Yes. It's the same thing. It's just new clothes. It's, what is it predicated on? It's predicated on this idea. You are mentally and emotionally incapable of stopping yourself from sticking a needle in your arm. That is the implication. Yes. It's a blatant, complete, total, utter lie. Right. It's based on no credible research whatsoever. But what's happened is because the narrative is so powerful and so convincing and repeated so often, and the people that are now providing that service and making so much money have a vested interest in keeping the narrative going without even realizing it. It's the same disease, nonsense, lie, myth in new clothes. It's just another version of it. And it just keeps morphing and morphing and morphing. And when one dies, another comes along. But it's the same shit that Bill Wilson was saying with Dr. Silkworth in 1935. It's just another version of it. So, so, it's really important to know that if you're in a recovery system, you are being lied to because there's nothing to recover from. You have a human mind that is a thinking, causal, volitional thing. You get to think. You get to act. You get to choose. But they act as if that mind doesn't exist, that you are a minion to a lifeless substance. So they've taken the power out of the human and put it in the drug. Now, we've talked about this ad nauseum in these podcasts but people don't really realize the implication of mitigating or ignoring the fact that you have a thinking apparatus called a mind it's literally never discussed we're the only ones talking about it it's ironic it's never discussed but it's absolutely required because and what what i mean by that is even if you you know you go to aa you say you you're you know down drunk somebody finds you they take you to detox detox says you have to go to this treatment facility the treatment facility does their thing for you're there for 28 days you leave they say you got to go to aa so you leave the treatment facility and now you're pretty much free to do what you want right so you are if you decide i'm not going to drink and go to meetings well you're making a decision with your thinking mind yeah yeah to but, do that but then that's ignored that's totally ignored um and i know that's true because i can remember actually asking the question very early on and that is because i knew i had quit drinking before i went to a meeting i didn't go to a detox i didn't go to rehab i just one day stopped and then five days later i go to my first meeting because that's what i thought i had to do and then a few months later i'm like okay if I can make the decision not to drink, then why do I need to go to meetings? That's a fair question to ask. Yeah, I asked it too. And and you know, what we're told, what you're told is, well, I was told, take the cotton out of your ears and stick it in your mouth. And I'm like, that's so offensive. <laughs> I want an yeah. answer yeah, to terrible. my question. It's a fair question because the only thing that matters, the only thing that matters is the fact that you have a thinking mind yeah and and so so for me 
I was one of those people who had made the decision to stop drinking the way I was drinking. I stopped doing drugs six months before I stopped drinking because I just decided I didn't want to do it anymore. And then I stopped drinking because I was very sick and I decided "Mm, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, And that was in the midst of being suicidal and, and just at the, my lowest, one of my lowest points in my life. So, so I still made that decision to stop. And, and so I knew that I was, I was one of those people that was done. And for a lot of people, that's exactly what happens. They just get to that point where they're like, I don't want to feel this way anymore. I think I'm going to do something different. Yeah. You know, but that is not, those aren't valid recoveries, right? They're recoveries. They're not, they're not considered valid. Well, yeah. And the other thing is if you start talking about the human mind, people say, oh, that's soft science. That's, and, and here's the crazy part about that. Um, and I'm going to challenge you, the listener, with this because it's so freaking obvious. Do you think? <laughs> Do you think? Do you have ideas? Do you run your day based on the thoughts and motives of your internal thought life? The answer is always. 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 You don't do anything without thought being involved. Nothing. You are, your body isn't even you. Your body's a vessel that houses thought. Yep. And and acts in this physical universe. So so you need thought, you need software, you need intelligence to run this body in your environment. I mean, that's just a self-evident, obvious, totally self-evident thing. Yeah. You know, it's a reality, it's an objective truth that you can't hide from. So, um I mean, you have the determinists that make up all kinds of bullshit excuses. Oh, I know. That none and, of us really have free will. Yeah. yeah whatever. W- whatever. I, I'm not even going <laughs> to listen to it. It's so it's so uh, ridiculous. It's so stupid. It's just so stupid. So, and I'm sorry if I'm offending the determinists, but that, that it's a dumb ethos. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, the fact that you can argue my the point shows that you have free will. Um, exactly. So, so I think that uh, 1935 solutions... We, we did uh, five seminars on where they came up with their ideas, how they did it, financially how they benefit from it, who were the people behind it, and why did they do what they did. And and we did five hours of uh, webinars that are pre-recorded now, and, and so you can you can listen to them and and watch them. Yes, um, and they're on video, and that's at Freedom Model International which is at online.thefreedommodel.org. That's online.thefreedommodel.org. And you can sign up, and it's free. So if you really want to understand where all this bullshit came from and why they did what they did, uh, there's five hours of video that guides you through that process. Um, and it, that's what me and Michelle did. We, we did those videos. And, okay, so this is this is for the, the, the listeners that might be out there that are AA members or – um, you know, harm reduction people are that the, the think that we're saying that you shouldn't do these other things. We're not saying any of that. No, do what you want to do. Do what you want to do, whatever works for you. But no, it's important to know that you're not powerless. You're not powerless over anything you ingest. You never were. You never are. Okay. So we just want you to know the truth so that when you start to struggle, which you might, especially if you believe that there is this nebulous force out there that that can take you over and make you go back to using heroin or go back to drinking heavily or go back to doing your other drugs of choice. Um, we want you to know that there isn't, that it's 
only within your own mind. So if you choose to go, if you like, if your life, if you're happier going to AA meetings and, and participating in that cult, that charade, do it. I, I don't knock it. And, and, and she's not saying that cult or charade in some uh, rude way. No, she's I'm not, not trying to be rude. She's not. She's <laughs> she's just accurately portraying exactly. It is a charade. It's a game. It's a game because it's not based in fact. You're the only way that you stop putting a needle in your arm, smoking meth, whatever it is that you do, drink, yeah, whatever. Yeah, drinking a, a fifth of scotch. Yeah, w- the only way that you have ever stopped or, or moderated or changed your habit is by choosing to do so and seeing that at the time as your happiest option. And then you change your mind, go back to heavy use when you prefer, because it's your happiest option, to be shit-faced. Yeah. And that's okay, yeah. It's okay, but it's really important to recognize the truth of that and not believe that there's some external force forcing you to do that, some nebulous force called addiction, and also that there's not some magical cure in a church basement with a bunch of drunks, one alcoholic working with another, that there's some magical potion there. That's just nonsense. That's the charade. Because even when you've gone to that church basement, you have chosen to do that. Yeah. Nobody else, there's not a force pushing you to drink and there's not a force in that meeting room that's stopping you from it. There's no external thing happening there. Nothing. Yeah. That's just you choosing. So don't give credit to the meeting. Don't give credit to the therapist. Don't give credit to the sponsor. Don't give credit to the big book, the steps, or any of it. The freedom model just shows you that you, you are the causal agent in all of this. There's only one mind at work here and that's yours. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting because one of the, one of the, um, uh, criticisms that we get from the, from the, the steppers, the cult members, um, is, so you're saying yours is the only program that, that works. And it's like, there's no program that works. There's nothing that works outside of you other than your own mind. No, what we're saying is we just are giving people the truth and letting them figure it out and decide what they want for themselves. Right. Um, you know, I'm. It, it's you. Whenever anybody implies that something works, right outside of outside their of mind, them, they're saying something comes inside you and changes your mind for you. Right, like calling a sponsor. Oh yeah, uh, you I know. love that one. And I, and let's say that you do call call your sponsor when you when you want to get shit faced. That just tells you that that's just part of the charade. You're, because you really didn't want to, or else you wouldn't have called the sponsor and you would have just done it. Right, which many people do as well. They do. So the point is, do you see that free will is an act that's happening in in all of these decisions? It's whatever you want to do. It's always been whatever you want to do. The problem is that you're distracted with all this mythology, these lies that take it outside the realm of you, your mind. Anytime the solution or the problem itself is outside, alcohol is not the problem. Meth isn't the problem because they're outside of you, right? They're external things that you bring in. It's your decision making that makes them go into your veins that makes it go into your stomach. You are the causal agent of the problem as well as the solution of not doing it. It's always you. It's your beliefs that you need that substance for these specific reasons. It's your beliefs that you can be happier 
with that substance. You can be happier being intoxicated or being high. Um, these all exist within your own mind. And, and so the goal when you're changing is you change your beliefs, you change your desires, your motivations, you figure out how can I be happier not doing this? Can I be happier doing something different um, or just getting on with my life? Did you ever wonder, um, there are tens of millions of ex-smokers in this country, yeah, right? It's the most quit substance. Yeah. It is. Do, have you ever been to a, a Smokers Anonymous meeting? I'm sure they exist, but th- there's not tens of millions of people going to them. No, because people know it's absurd. <laughs> it is absurd. It's, it's completely ridiculous. Do, do you identify your, when when do you identify yourself as an addict if you're next smoker, or do you feel like you're in recovery from smoking? But think about this now: they have now created, even in the smoking realm a world of people on Nicorette oh, patches, yeah. patches, which is really this bullshit harm reduction model where well, let's make it easier. And then l- listen to the ads now, uh, you know, smoking Nicor- is a disease. Smoking is an addiction. Yeah. And then they go coupled, you know, Nicorette coupled with therapy and the proper support is the most effective way to quit smoking. No, it's not. That's, no, it's not. That's it's a, quitting. That's a goddamn lie. That's a lie <laughs> because for centuries people have quit smoking tobacco yeah. on their own uh m- tens hundreds maybe even billions but hundreds of millions of people have stopped without nicorette it didn't exist until 20 years ago so people listen to me this all of these things are distractions that keep the problem existing in your life longer when you can just decide you know what i'm done today yeah i don't want to do that like anymore like hundreds of millions of people have done you just have been told that there aren't these – it's like there's this massive amount of people. You might even know some, but don't look over there. Don't look at all the people that have just gotten on with their life. You need treatment. Yeah. You're different. No, you're not any different than the guy that was drinking for 40 years, sat on his couch one day and said, I'm fucking done. Yeah. I'm just done. And I, I'm going to explain something to you. We're making this sound like you can just stop and it, that's it. And that is true but with a caveat, okay? We've been doing this for so long. We've worked with <laughs> thousands and thousands of people. Tens of thousands. Yeah, and um, the people that have been exposed to treatment, that have been to, you know, maybe six AA meetings or whatever, the people have been exposed to recovery for any length of time, it, it it's so much harder for them. Yeah, because the narrative is so... Uh, insidious yeah yeah I'm, I'm working with a woman right now and it, and it is remarkable sometimes when I find someone that really hasn't been exposed to the recovery world because it is so a part of our culture but she really hasn't been she's you know she basically she had to go to detox because she was drinking so heavily that she had terrible withdrawal um and and she stopped and I'm working with her on uh, private instruction and she's done She's done. There's. She doesn't have all of this extra stuff in her mind. And I'm so grateful that her daughter found us because her daughter intuitively knew, oh my God, if my mother goes to a treatment program, she's doomed. She's not going to make it because 
because she her you know in her mind it was just a simple thing like I just stopped I needed to go to detox and now you know so she's doing the freedom model with me and all of it makes perfect sense to her she I said because I'll ask I'll be like so are you struggling not drinking she's like no and I'm like I go you know you're not you, you know is there a time in the you know maybe in the evening after you're done with work because it's a stressful time for her at work end of year stuff she's she's in the accounting field and um and she said no <laughs> I, I I don't think about it I don't think about it at all she, she's already moved on I'm almost feeling like doing the freedom <laughs> I'm not even sure she, she doesn't need it right. um but it's good because later on you know, I don't want I don't want her to think, oh, maybe I should be going to AA meetings. Right, right. You know, because right. that would be regressing. Yeah, getting looped into the recovery ideology and yeah. subculture of failure. And this is a woman who drank heavily for probably third better part of thirty years. Mm -hmm. It was just a, a part of her life. It got worse over the last few years. She's you know, and and it you know it got to the point where she was like i'm not sure i don't think i really want to do this anymore stopped had withdrawal symptoms so we're talking about alcohol dependence here um they brought her to detox she was there for five days she left that was it and that's the way most people do it that's the way most people do it but here's what one of the reasons that we've been here for 32 years is let's say that you're more like me and michelle where you grew up in AA oh, or God. you went to four rehabs after you got your first DWI and that's what it we started it the here. process and it started the process you got sucked into the trap and all of a sudden now where once you felt like you did have control they've convinced you that you don't and you're doubting yourself that's what these podcasts are about now let's say that you're listening to the podcast you've watched some of the videos you've looked at our YouTube channel and you're still struggling along drinking privately or doing drugs on weekends and it's just continues to be it feels out of control to you then then you might need some active deprogramming with an instructor yeah you know that's that's what we've done for 32 years because we did oh yeah we did i mean we and we've kind of figured it out ourselves but it took us 27 years to build the the complete freedom model because we were so deep oh my so God. deep and we had to climb out piece by piece and and research it and you know it was just very very hard but the good news is we did that for you so okay. we can show you in a matter of weeks how to deprogram how to get out from under this stuff so if if you're listening to our stuff but you still find yourself really struggling it's because you have so much mythology stuffed into your mind that you really don't trust yourself anymore and Gosh. that's a terrible place to be, but it doesn't have to stay that way. We have we have services that are affordable and and we can help you. Yeah. And this isn't some sort of bullshit ad. I say this because we save lives. And there are people out there like us, like Michelle and I and Steve, who are lost. That are genuinely that where just reading a book isn't gonna cut it. Yeah, and you have to know something about us. There's this misconception that we are angry at AA or we're angry at our parents for raising us in AA or we're, you know, or we hate the people in it. None of that is true. Um, we grew up there. It was my home. 
for the better part of 20 years, 15 years, um, you know, from the age of nine or 10 years old, right until I was just about 30 years old. Um, I was a part of AA. It was a part of my life. I have friends that are still there. Um, and, and I know that the vast majority of people in AA are just trying to figure life out for themselves. They've just been indoctrinated into the wrong information. They didn't know they were lied to. They didn't know. They still don't know. Um, Mark and I participated. We, we, we did some of the things that you were told to do. And, um, so we know, we know what it's like to be there. We know what it's like to try and extricate yourself from it. Um, and that in and of itself can be a drawn out process. Yeah. And it's hugely valuable what we've done because when you, when you start deeply, deeply, deeply entrenched, fully a believer, and then you slowly walk out, you live the walkout process. We can show you how to do that because we've been there. Because we did it. And that's what the Freedom Model is all about, is just telling you the truth so that you can make your own decisions about what makes you happy. We're bringing the power back to you. We're taking it out of the substance and putting it back where it belongs, which has always been in you. But you don't know that because you've been lied to. Yeah, exactly. Look at, so uh, we're going to, we're going to start to finish up, but I want to tell you something. If you're on Suboxone or Methadone and you have been for a long time and you feel like that's working for you, we're not knocking it. That's right. Um, That's right. But, but you may want to, if you're even considering it, maybe explore with, you know, with your doctor or therapist, whoever's prescribing it to you, uh, the possibility of finally moving past it. Um, It is possible. Um, But, but we don't look at, we don't judge people for using any substances at all. That's right. I, let me jump in about the Suboxone thing. I, I, I'm pretty hard on it only when people are lied to about it. Yes. Okay. It has a place. Yes. It has a place It for detoxing. Suboxone is great for heroin. Um, as a temporary stopgap measure, if you're dealing with a, a community filled with fentanyl and people are overdosing, it's it's wonderful. It saves lives. I get all that. Yep. I get harm reduction. I you know I understand. I am, however, totally opposed to telling somebody that they have to be on it for long term because they're too weak to stop themselves from doing heroin. That narrative is a lie. Yeah. Okay. That's a a lie. There's a premise in harm reduction that the best we can do is reduce harm because people are diseased and addicted and out of control. And that's, that's a lie. Right. That's not true. Um, You know, it's, nobody's ever out of control. And, and quite frankly, just the, the, you know, the, the desire to be high and drunk, there's nothing wrong with it. Right. It's just, it can be dangerous, but so can a whole lot of other activities. So we're not coming from a place that's judgmental of anyone and how they choose to conduct their lives. We never have, we never will. Um, what we're just saying is you need the truth so you can make an informed decision on what that's, you want moving that's forward. That's all the freedom model is all about. And we do address the suboxone, naltrexone, vivitrol issue in the, in the book yep. uh, with some data that, that you might find interesting. But we're not a, we're not opposed to anything. I'm not even opposed to AA. I no, don't care. Me neither. I just think that if, if you're going to do it, just know that it's a charade you're playing and you might like the charade. You might yeah. like the fantasy that it's keeping you sober and and that may comfort you and it may be your social club. It may There's a variety of reasons why people stay there and I'm not ripping on it. I did it. 
Yep. I did all these things. Yep. So I understand them uh, from my heart. I do too. I do too. Well, I think here, this is, I'm going to end with this. It's 2022, not 1935. Don't you think it's time that we replace this outdated treatment system with the truth? Let's get rid of faith healing and go with research and facts. Yep. And help people to uh, to take power over their lives and, and, and move on. Yeah. That's it. All right, you guys. We want to wish you a happy new year. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you found our show informative and entertaining. If you or someone you love is struggling with a substance use problem or any other habitual behavior problem, and you'd like to talk to someone, you can call us at 1-888-424-2626 to get detailed information about all of our products and services, including our books, our retreat, private instruction, and our online program, which consists of more than 65 video tutorial lessons. Go to thefreedommodel.org. You can get free digital copies of the Freedom Model for Addictions and the Freedom Model for the Family at thefreedommodel.org. Enter coupon code FREEDOM100 at checkout. You can follow us on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and subscribe to the Freedom Model YouTube channel. You can also join our private Facebook group, the Freedom Model Group, where we discuss the Freedom Model and how people can completely move past both addiction and recovery. You can join us every other Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, where we answer questions from our readers, our students, and Facebook group members live on the Freedom Model Facebook page and the Freedom Model YouTube channel. And there are a couple ways you can contact us. You can contact us by email at info at thefreedommodel.org through private message on Facebook or Instagram, or you can call us at 888-424-2626. And remember, we're still running that special where you can get the Freedom Model online program for 50% off. Um, go to online.thefreedommodel.org to enroll. And um, and we're going to run that now through the end of January. So through January 31st, 2022, you can get the Freedom Model online program for half off. Enter coupon code HOLIDAY21. That's HOLIDAY21. Thank you everyone from all of us here at the Freedom Model and the St. Jude Retreat. Happy New Year. Until next time.